Life is clarified during affliction. When worldly pursuits become as meaningless as they should be, and the presence of God, along with a passion for His Word, become most important, that's life as God intends it for us. Though Monica spent most of her last five and a half months physically miserable, she lived in and introduced me to the peace of the Lord. Such gifts are eternal. Y'all need to listen to this episode. If y'all listen to no other one, this is the one you need. It can change your life. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. Right now you may be feeling like you're losing your mind. You might be surrounded by people, but feel all alone because not everyone understands the pain and sadness you're dealing with. You want to be the you you were before they died, but have no idea how to get there. I know because I've been there. So if you're ready to understand how grief affects you, rebuild your faith and take just one step towards healing, then get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, turn off all distractions and let's get started. Girl, there's hope for your future. A quick disclaimer. So this series of episode three, and there's going to be three, so 3.1, 3.2, and 3.3 are going to be a little bit different. The Grief to Great Day podcast is here to encourage and support Christian women who are working out the difficult season of grief. I'm here to love on and lift you up while providing practical steps to make the journey less hard. These steps are what we call journey works make a difference. I know because I've taken many wrong steps to discover what helps and what doesn't. The episodes are created to share the steps with you at no cost And this is the ministry side of Grief to Great Day that fuels me. In this series, however, the focus is going to be on the story. I want to get to know you better, and I've said that several times, so I feel that I should also share some of my background to kind of start the conversation. There's still tips at the end and things I'd like for you to kind of step into, but for these, just take a little break, sit back, and listen. We are in episode three. It's a series. And I really want to start today with a review from a listener on Apple Podcasts. First, thank you for taking the time to leave these reviews. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, first of all, knowing that you're out there. And then secondly, that this has helped in some way. That is the whole purpose of these podcasts. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to read it now. Love this so much. I lost my mama October 23rd after a very, very long stint as her sole caregiver and advocate. My heart and mind have run the gamut of thoughts and emotions since her death. All of the questions I had about my faith and about my father. I'm a Christian and an only child, and this has been a lonely journey for me, even though I have an outstanding husband who has been as supportive as he could be. I've tried so many podcasts and could not find the right fit. I felt like I was resting into the most comfortable easy chair when I heard your voice and the truth and transparency in your words. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for leaving this. You know, when I shared the last episode with my husband, he asked if my experience had gotten easy to talk about now. And it would make sense because it's been over a decade 
and I wrote the book, Dying to be Healed. So that helped with the healing. But it is still not easy. You know, there hasn't been an episode yet without tears. Maybe by episode 100, (laughs) I can say it's easy. But I'm not sure it ever will be. And with the tears comes, you know, my inappropriate laughing. But with the tears also comes incredible gratitude. Gratitude for knowing Monica and for the example of faith she lived out. And gratitude for the life-changing power of the Lord. I remember where I was and how I felt during my grief process. And the contrast with today, it's mind-blowing. So I have a question for you, and then we'll get right into the episode. Has your relationship with God changed the way you live your life? The question's actually from Francis Chan, but it's a really good one. In the summer of 2006, Monica was sitting on the large screened-in porch, writing music and lyrics to what would become her CD, The Road of Life. It's basically her life story and song. That's why she titled it. (laughs) Each day that summer, she was in the Bible and in prayer. When she wasn't working as a nurse, she was reading and writing and praying in preparation to fulfill her lifelong dream of going to the Gaither Studio in Indiana to record a CD. And if you guys are familiar with Southern Gospel, you know who the Gaithers are. After about six months, the goal was met and she wrote the songs and recorded the CD exactly where she wanted to. But something more significant happened. I clearly noticed the difference and I might have been a little bit jealous because she changed. Or maybe I should say she allowed God to change her. Her relationship with the Lord was incredible and noticeably closer. Who would have thought her time on the porch had less to do with creating a CD and more to do with arming her for her greatest battle? Sitting in hospice, I was literally watching her die, and I felt compelled to share her faith journey because it seemed so much bigger than the music. I promised God I would write a book about it. And then after she died, my days were hard because I was walking through the beginning stages of grief, and I would write, become distraught, and stop. That process continued for several years, and my friends were probably tired of hearing me say, When I finished the book, when I finished the book, the book became a topic I stopped bringing up because though I knew I was supposed to write it, I wasn't sure that I ever would. Several more years passed and I wasn't as distraught, but I still made every other excuse not to finish it. The book finally finished called Dying to be Healed is what we're talking about again in this series. And I'm going to read to you most of one of the chapters entitled Going After God. As I was growing up, I went to church where I attended Sunday school, girls in action, and act teens. I was a member of the choir and went to rehearsals on Wednesday evenings, and I even went to Monday night witnessing with the church adults. We had to complete the continuing witnessing training. It's amazing, I still remember that. And I was scared that I would be put on the spot to save someone. I never felt that my words could help transition a life from hellbound to sanctified saint. And I know that sounds dramatic, but that was the pressure at the time. It's how it felt. I've worn Jesus like my latest diet from one extreme to another, 
from on fire and ready to be a missionary in Iraq for real to living a life completely opposed to that of a true Christ follower. I have been the definition of lukewarm even after believing Revelations 3.16 about God spewing me out. I never saw a Christ follower personified until Monica started writing her songs for the CD on the porch. Spending time in the Bible that summer transformed her, and she took on the characteristics of a committed Christian. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It was interesting to watch, and it benefited me and everybody else around her, but it wasn't until she got sick and died that I recognized the power of the Word of God. After Mo's death, I sought after God more than any other time in my life. And that can mean different things to different people. But I needed to understand why. Why he allowed this tragedy. Why would he allow her to die in such a state of faith? Why was I required to start a new life for the fourth time? I questioned him about the future after the demise of Monica's music ministry and the hundreds of CDs still left unsold. And I promised God I would write a book about Monica's faith journey, but how was I going to do that if every time I wrote, I became too emotional? These are the reasons I sought after God. Maybe not the best reasons, but they were my reasons. And they were the reasons I read the Bible like never before. I purchased CDs and DVDs about God's nature, grief, death, heaven, and all my questions. As I immersed myself, transformation began to happen. Little did I know that all of my questioning would lead to a deeper relationship with the Lord. Now, I still cried every day, but at least that underlying peace continued and it grew. I still questioned, but at least I had hope. I was still exhausted from everyday tasks, but I gained strength of faith. I went back to work and I talked with many patients about faith and I felt that it made a difference. Later, I found out that it did in one life at least. A patient who I had seen on a later admission said that they had been suicidal, but after our talk, they changed their mind because of Mo's faith in the midst of so much pain. That is the power of the Word of God. I learned about God and His character through all this. He is good and faithful and gentle and long-suffering. He loves us, for we are His sons and daughters. I came to recognize what His power and grace had completed in Mo's life and through her journey. I can never go back to who I was, because where He has brought me forever changed my life. My love for people has increased greatly. My perspective on what is important in life has been rewritten, and my script about what is possible in this life is vastly expanded. However, along with the increase in these wonderful gifts, my patience with negativity, superficiality, and selfishness has decreased in equal degree, making it difficult to be around people exhibiting those traits. So there is much work left for God to do in my heart. Another lesson that I've learned is that God is not a genie whom we petition to fulfill our desires, nor should he be the last resort when things are going badly. Also, we can't bargain with him in the hope of getting our way. 
for some reason, we had turned the creator of the universe into a very human-like higher being. God seeks relationship with us, not just when we feel like it, but every day. He loves and rewards our faith, even something as simple and hard as praising him when we think we are losing the very thing we cannot live without. And God isn't a magic eight ball that gives us signs when we ask for them because we live a confused life. If we cultivate a relationship with him over time, a lot of our decision-making will be much easier. If we gain a better understanding of the character of God and trust him to direct the course of our lives, the Bible, and not other people, will become the compass for our journey. Period. God always has desired and always will desire the best for us. Read Jeremiah 29:11. His ways are better than ours. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And answering the enemy's taunts, whatever that means in your life, with God's word is always the way to win the battle. I asked God about a million times, why wasn't Mo healed of cancer? That would have been such a powerful testimony of a modern day miracle. Though I received no audible answer, I saw the spiritual and emotional healing that she had realized from the time she started writing those songs until the day she died. I saw the power of God in her life, her pain, her love for other people, and her testimony. I saw something that never would have happened through human strength alone. I saw Mo's relationships healed from childhood issues and other family members to her ex-husband. I saw Mo gifted with a relationship with an adopted earthly mom. I saw success in her ministry and her joy when we took CDs to her doctor's offices for people to listen and to purchase. I saw her loved on and cared for by so many people when she had always wanted but never experienced before. I saw people changed because they were a part of her faith journey. I also believe that my obedience in writing Dying to be Healed will continue the legacy of her faith. God has given me a new life, and the seeds planted during her illness have grown into my present day. Mo brought together a unique and amazing group of people who I now call my closest friends. I recently looked at a picture of a vision board I created about eight years ago, and almost everything on it is coming to pass. It's amazing. I had included hopes and dreams that I desired, but honestly did not think I would acquire, but God, because here they are. The two things on the vision board that meant the most to me were writer and use me. And in this moment, more than 10 years after Mo's death, and for the first time in my life, I am walking in my purpose. Wow. I could bust with gratitude. Life is clarified during affliction. When worldly pursuits become as meaningless as they should be, and the presence of God, along with a passion for his word, becomes most important, that's life as God intends it for us. Though Monica spent most of the last five and a half months of her life physically miserable, she lived in and introduced me to the peace of the Lord. Such gifts are eternal. If you don't have peace in your heart, 
and find every day to be a struggle, I urge you to seek after God. Matthew 6:33. Find, borrow, don't steal a Bible and read it. Learn about God and his character. The Bible is powerful and in it, you'll find answers to questions that you didn't even know you had. You'll also find a depth of relationship with God. That was heavy today, wasn't it? Okay, that was my work. This is your work for the day. Your two journey works. Remember the homework for your journey. I'm going to go back to it again. First, pray, read, and rise, like we talked about in a previous episode. The power of the Word of God transformed Monica's life to the point of praising Him through tears of pain and thanking Him in whispers when she could hardly breathe. The Word of God transformed my life even though I went boldly and, yes, at times disrespectfully to the throne. Oswald Chambers said, We have to pray with our eyes on God, not our difficulties. So I didn't do a great job of doing that, but I did go to him, and it did change my life. The second journey work for you to do is to create a faith resume. What's a faith resume? I'm going to tell you. These are the things that God has done in your life before your loved one died. Like when you have a a resume for a job, you write down all your experiences. That's what I want you to do here. Write down everything that God has done for you in your life. Think about his character. Just three to five things right now that God has done or blessed you with. Read them daily and add to it as you think of new things. It's going to help you to focus on who God is rather than your pain even if for a few minutes, and focusing on him will bring you peace and power. And if you don't feel like doing this or find it hard, I get it, but I do have a song for you to help you in the process. Listen to Lauren Daigle's song, Remember. It's going to help you think about how God has worked in your life before. I left a link for you in the show notes below. I also want to encourage you to visit our website, Grief to Great Day, and purchase the book, Dying to be Healed. You can learn more about how Monica battled the ravages of stage four melanoma, but came to strongly and immovably believe that she had been healed by the power of the great physician. Watching it, people called it crazy. I do call it crazy faith because it's not anything that we see in modern times. I mean, you saw Noah building a boat and there had never been rain. It was that kind of feel. And I believe it'll help build your faith and give you hope as you travel your journey of grief. Your verse for the day is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You might be feeling very weak right now, and that's okay. It is okay not to be okay. But God is there to pick up the slack, if you will. He is there to rest into, just allow him to take the burden Don't go back to the altar and pick it up. That's what I did for years. Yes, God, you can have it. You can have it. And then I would go back and get it. That's a process too. 
Also on the website is Monica CD, the one I mentioned, The Road of Life, as MP3 downloads. She used her gift from God and she touched many lives. The songs might be a little bit longer than <laughs> you're used to, but there is a story and a message in each one of them. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.